0: Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service.
1: Short people, and I do say that tongue in cheek because I'm very short too. We have somebody very, very special here in church this morning, someone who hasn't been allowed to come to church for a very long time, and his name's Sonny. So, would you like to welcome Sonny? Hey, hiya. Um, well, come on, where's, where,
0: where's the energy, people? Hello.
1: Yay. Well, it's Paul. Sonny. Well, Sonny needs a microphone. <laughs> uh,
0: Sonny has a loud voice.
1: <laughs> I swear can't use two hands, can you? It's all right. <laughs> okay. Well, who likes talking to God? You like talking to God? What about the grown-ups? Do they like talking to God? Ch- uh, Sonny, do you like talking to God? Well, today I'm going to read the most famous prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and talk about it with you. Does anybody here know how the Lord's Prayer begins?
0: Me, me, only famous. Pick me, pick me. Our Father.
1: Well, that's right. We start by praying the words, Our Father, who art in heaven
0: uh, excuse me excuse me um yes uh who is art is god's name art i never heard anybody call art before what
1: in the world are you talking about
0: i oh, father art uh, in heaven
1: oh no 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 i'm i'm afraid you've misunderstood art is a fancy way of saying Who is in
0: heaven? I don't know. Well, you don't know what? I don't know who's in heaven. Probably a lot of angels and dead people and stuff. But I've never been here, so I can't say for sure.
1: No, 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 no. It's our Father art. I mean, our Father who are, is, was, and will always be in heaven.
0: No, he isn't. He isn't what? He's right here too, inside my heart.
1: Oh, moving right along. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
0: So now you say God's name is hallowed? Which one is it, hallowed or art? Is anybody else confused?
1: It's neither.
0: Then why do you keep saying it is? Look, why not just say, Our Father in heaven?
1: Because that's not the way that Jesus said it.
0: Oh, Jesus said it that way? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I guess he would know. (laughs) Continue on.
1: Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yes, what?
0: What does hallowed mean?
1: Well, it's a very old word and it means special, great, awesome.
0: Then why did you just say it so?
1: I just did. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed...
0: Ah, be thy name. No, sorry, special, great and awesome.
1: Be thy name.
0: Um, thy, what kind of word is thy? Never mind.
1: Thy kingdom come, thy will be done.
0: Thy, 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 why do you keep saying thy?
1: Because?
0: I know, I know, because Jesus said it that way. Well,
1: no, actually, he didn't.
0: Oh, then why do you?
1: Because that's the way it's printed in the version of the Bible that we use. Oh. Yes, oh. Can I continue? You must. Oh, I must, believe me, I must. Now, now.
0: Uh, Now, it's prayer time.
1: Yes, prayer time. Now, now, where where was I? Um, Oh, oh, yes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh,
0: They rhyme, you know.
1: What rhymes?
0: Uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It rhymes.
1: (sighs) On earth as it is in heaven. This is what you get when you don't rehearse properly or when you've got a very naughty puppet who mixes the pages up. All right. right. On earth as it is in heaven. What? Well, aren't you going to say something about that too? No. Don't you wonder what on earth as it is in heaven means? No. Do you? Oh. Give us this day our daily bread. Guess what is it now?
0: Give us our daily bread. What does that mean? Is that something from like the North South Bakery?
1: It means give us what we need to live today.
0: Then why did you just say so?
1: Because it's a poem, and poems often say things in flowery ways. I point you so as a prayer.
0: Now you say it's a flower?
1: No, I mean, yes, I mean. Poems and prayers are often alike.
0: Ah, you mean like, now I can say my line, roses are red, violets are blue, if you don't get going you won't get through. Exactly.
1: Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against
0: us. I know what that means.
1: Lead us not into temptation. Uh, Why is that? That's what you're doing right now. What? Leading me into temptation.
0: Huh?
1: But deliver us from evil. For thine. uh, What? (laughs) It means yours. Thine means yours. Is the kingdom is what? For is the kingdom, the power and the glory now and forever.
0: Amen. See there. Now that wasn't so hard, was it?
1: Now you know why he doesn't come to church very often. <laughs> well I think it's time Sonny went back in the box. What do you think? The box. The, box. the box You know you've been too naughty this morning? You don't question the Lord's Prayer. Off you go. And guess what? I think it's time for United Kids. Off you go. But while the children are going out, and this one goes back in the box, how about we pray for the children? Father God, thank you for children and puppets and for accidents that happen when you're reading scripts, pages not being numbered, because it's nice to know that nothing's perfect. And we pray that your perfect love will cover our Sunday school team and that they will just be little sponges out there taking in your word. And thank you for the children because they are the church. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Back in the box. Okay. Last week we came to the end of our current series, Matters of the Heart. And today we're talking about prayer. And the following Bible reading is what we're going to be talking about. And it's from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, starting at verse 5. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Now, Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what he's done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans. For they think you will be heard because of the many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is, in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also be forgiven by our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's basically an opening prayer for what we're going to do today. So we're just going to have a little quick prayer right now. As we teach the Sunday school children, bow your head out of respect. Put your hands together so you don't fiddle. Close your eyes so you don't get distracted. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the words that we need to pray. Thank you, Father God, for giving us Jesus. I just want to say thank you, Father God, that you open the hearts and the ears and the minds as we listen to your words, not mine, as we get through this message that is so important, that teaches us to pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Growing up in Melbourne and being a chronic asthmatic and a very skinny, tiny child, you wouldn't think of that to look at me now, I spent a lot of time at the children's hospital and therefore I missed out on a lot of school. And halfway through grade four, my mother put me in a different school. And it was really weird because I didn't know anybody there. And as you can probably gather, I was frightened. That was on the Monday. Tuesday was no better. I had been faking reading since I started school because back then in the dark ages, there was no school in the hospital. You were there to get better. So my grade four teacher at this new school realised I couldn't read beyond a grade one level. So he put me in what was called dumb class. But on Wednesday mornings, I was back in mainstream. And on this Wednesday, this wonderful gentleman walked into the classroom. I didn't know who he was. He was a reverend belonging to what was then the Presbyterian Church. And he welcomed me into the classroom and he gave me an exercise book that had grey writing on it. And I sat there in awe, listening to his message. And at the end of the lesson, we all stood and we said a prayer. I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about. And the girl that sat next to me, she turned my grey exercise book over and pointed to the words on the back of the book. But I could only le- read the three-letter words and the two-letter words. And it started with our, art, in. I didn't understand it. But the prayer that the minister was saying spoke to my young soul. And I was determined to learn how to read because I wanted to read that prayer. I wanted to learn that prayer. And that was the Lord's Prayer. And it was the first prayer that I ever learned. Mind you, it was very difficult growing up with a grandmother who was an Irish Catholic and insisted that I was a heathen because I didn't go to Catholic church. But I was actually uh, christened in the Presbyterian Church when I was one year old. So what we've been looking at today through the words of Jesus Christ are what we should do when we pray. And that starts at verse 5. Whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners so that they may be seen by others. And I tell you, they have received their reward. The hypocrite wants people to think that he loves and serves God when he actually loves and serves himself. But he wants the adoration and the approval of others. The hypocrite will receive only the reward he seeks and may not receive that from those who understand his motivation. The hypocrite will not, not receive any reward from God in response to his prayers because he's not really seeking a conversation with God. He's showing off. Oh, look, I can say all these fantastic prayers. I can get up and I can pray for hours on end without taking a breath. You don't need that. Short and sweet, because God knows what you're going to say before you even say it, before you even think it. Matthew chapter six, uh, verse six in chapter. Yeah. Whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father, who is in secret, and your Father who has sees what is in secret will reward you the key word will reward you and some people do this literally and not pray in public jesus doesn't forbid praying in public but he does warn against praying in public for the wrong reason are you honestly you might honestly be praying for the person in front of you but you want everyone else to hear what you're saying. That's not on. If we seek our Father in heaven to talk to Him, to praise Him and thank Him, and to show God and others how much we love Him and want to serve Him, then He will reward us by hearing our prayers no matter where. Or when we pray. Praying in public can teach others how to pray. To encourage them to have their own conversation with God. And in verse 7 it says, When you are praying, don't heap up empty praises as the Gentiles do. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Reciting the Lord's Prayer can become for some heaping up empty praises. They do not pray each word to God from the heart. And, and it seems as though they just want to rush through it. But do you actually take the time to sit there and digest the words into your soul? It eventually becomes a mantra. And it can even lead to repetitiously... repeating, such as, oh, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. When you're praying, you don't need to do that because he's already there. Short and sweet. That's it in a nutshell. Short and sweet. Sometimes when you've got a little child on your lap and they just chatter on about everything, And you know what they've said, because they've said it ten times already. That's not what God means when he comes to us as children. He means to come to him as the innocence of children, with that joy that most grandparents know when they see their grandchildren and the kids just run up to you and they just want to hug you and love you. That's the way God wants us to come before him, not full of empty words. He knows What we want. He knows what we need. Rather than chanting praises to God, Jesus teaches followers how to talk to God with reason and respect. The Lord's Prayer covers some but not all, and the most important and reasonable topics for our prayers to include. The, the child of God begins by recognising God is the Father, our Father, who art in heaven. God is a specific God of the Bible and not some other God of some other religion. And we come to our Father as a child with due respect and lifting up clean hands to him because we're washed in the blood of Jesus. We pray for God's will to be done in our lives, and for us to know his will. That is, love God and obey his commandments. Bring joy to his heart by living a holy life and obeying the teachings of his Son. When we say give us our daily bread, we're basically saying Give us the spiritual food that we need for our lives. We know that there are some dreadful things in this world. Poverty, persecution, oppression, war, disasters. Sometimes God will use these things to spread his word. When we ask God to forgive us our sins... God's already forgiven you, but if you've forgiven yourself, many, many years ago, I was in a bank, and it was a long queue in the bank, and I could see three people in front of me, maybe. As we're snaking our way around the chain, I'm third person from the front of the queue, and the little light went up. Next, please, and I saw my ex-husband walking toward the teller and i froze in fear he was a very violent man and it seemed to be a conversation that took all afternoon between me and god when it actually only took about 3 seconds but i said god please please protect me. I I don't want to see him. And I started shaking in fear. I started hyperventilating with fear because of this man. And I heard a voice say, my daughter, you have to forgive him. And I started arguing with God. Why do I have to forgive him? He put my son in hospital. He cheated his way out of the attempted murder charge. What am I going to do, Lord? I'm scared. What if he follows me? Home? You have to forgive him. And this conversation went on for quite a while. But I could feel God's loving arms around me while he's saying, you have to forgive him. As if God had his arm around my shoulder and he was whispering in my ear. And I thought about it and I'm, you know, forgiveness isn't hurting him. My anger is not hurting him. It's hurting me. It's destroying me. It's festering inside me. So I put my pride in my pocket and I said, God, I forgive him. And at that precise moment, I could feel the weight of the world going up off my shoulders. I'm standing at the very front of the queue by now, and he walks, the ex walks around past me and he looks at me as if I'm invisible. I didn't walk out of that bank. I floated and I was praising, singing praises to the Lord in my head and I'm walking down the street. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because I had answered God's commandment to forgive. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those Sin against us. So, if that's the power of God teaching me to forgive others, can you imagine the tenfold of God forgiving us? It's amazing. It's a feeling that I will never forget as long as I live. The forgiveness of God for your sins is conditioned on your forgiving others and as we know that unforgiveness can lead to not just physical health issues but mental health issues. We doesn't mean that we have to be their best friend but the forgiveness will help us and that's what we need to do. As I said, you never want to be their friend again. But we have to forgive. We can't control our feelings. When we're tempted to feel unforgiving, we need to forgive again. And refusing to forgive will hurt not just our own hearts and our spirits or ruin our health or shorten our lives. But it confuses God too. Because when we forgive, the Holy Spirit just fills us with this joy that we just cannot comprehend. So, even if it's hard, it's going to be so worth it. Because we have a Father who loves us unconditionally. A Father who loves us so much, He sent His Son to not just teach us His ways, but to be brutally murdered on that cross. Now, you parents out there, you can understand a tiny fraction of what God was feeling when Jesus was nailed on that cross. He took our place and he did it from perfect, perfect love that passes no understanding. Now, that in my book is perfect love. And that prayer, the Lord's Prayer, that we've been taught since we were at our grandparents' knee. We see it so often. They've even modernised it. I'm I'm a traditionalist. I like the old words. Basically, that is the prayer we need to pray because it contains everything in a nutshell. And we know that God hears our prayers before we even think them. So what have we learnt today? When we pray, don't be like a Duracell battery and go on and on and on and on. Short, sweet, simple, straight to the point. And if you're into the, some of these uh, TV evangelists that pant when they pray, it sounds like they're having a coronary or something like that and you're like, okay, where's the emergency people? This guy's going on. Is he ever going to stop? Straight to the point. And another thing, if you're in a a home group, don't monopolise the prayers. Let everyone have a chance to speak because God wants to hear from all of you, even though he knows what you're going to say. He wants to hear you. And don't be like the... Prophets of old standing on the street corners and going on and on and on. No, that's not what God wants. But do pray aloud for others. But as I said, short, sweet, simple, and straight to the point. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for speaking to our hearts our minds and our souls and helping us to keep our words to the minimum knowing that you've already heard our prayers. We give you all glory, honour, thanks and praise in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour. Amen.